special fangs. Get it? Because I'm gothic. Two, my GF. Ooh, not in that way. Raven, bloody tears, 666, for helping me with the story and spelling. You rock. Justin, you're the love of my depressing life. You rock too. MCR rocks. Hi, my name is Ebony Darkness Dementia Raven Way, and I have long ebony black hair, that's how I got my name, with purple streaks and red tips that reaches my mid-back, and icy blue eyes like limpid tears, and a lot of people tell me I look like Amy Lee. If you don't know who she is, get the hell out of here. I'm not related to Gerard Way, but I wish I was, because he's a major fucking hottie. I'm a vampire, but my teeth are straight and white. I have pale white skin. I'm also a witch. And I go to a magic school called Hogwarts in England, where I'm in the seventh year. I'm 17. I'm a goth, in case you couldn't tell. And I wear mostly black. I love Hot Topic, and I buy all my clothes from there. For example, today I was wearing a black corset with matching lace around it, and a black leather miniskirt, pink fishnets, and black combat boots. I was wearing black lipstick, white foundation, black eyeliner, and red eyeshadow. I was walking outside Hogwarts. It was snowing and raining, so there was no sun, which I was very happy about. A lot of preps stared at me. I put up my middle finger at them. Hey, Ebony, shouted a voice. I looked up. It was Draco Malfoy. What's up, Draco? I asked. Nothing, he said shyly. But then I heard my friends call me, and I had to go away. Is it good? Please tell me, thanks. Welcome to The Socialist Shelf, and today we are talking about, you know, I, we talked about some bad stuff on here, you know, making fun of Rich DeVos. It's time to get into that good content. It's time to get into what we're really here for, which is just highbrow literature. I am talking about my immortal, the uh, the Harry Potter-based fan fiction published in 2006 and 2007 by, um, well, not quite sure who it's by, but the author wrote under the name XXX Bloody Wrist 666XXX, um, also known as Terra. And uh, it it's perfect. You know, I, there's not any critique that we're going to be able to add that can detract from this work of that, that this legendary work, fan fiction masterpiece. Somebody, somebody once said, you know, a work is not complete when there is nothing more that you would add. It's complete when there is nothing more that you can take away. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think I think that describes this this piece pretty well, because I honestly can't imagine it any other way than it is. Uh, yeah, and I can't take anything from it. <laughs> I, have, I have nothing. Just to, just so for those who don't know, my immortal is widely considered by many to be it's like it's a legendary fan fiction published on fanfiction.net like i said in 2006 and early 2007 it is it is spread over i think 42 chapters and it is just this this bizarre like 26 or so thousand word piece of uh fan fiction about hogwarts um of the harry potter world um where everyone's vampires they're goths um, they hate posers. There's a lot of spelling errors. Um, there's someone did the calculation on how many spelling errors there was. 5,200 spelling mistakes. Mm. Um, it's fantastic. Um, 
That's from a 2011 analysis of the text. Um, and the text has been widely analyzed. Um, you know, it has it is based on a uh, it's based on an Evanescence song, isn't it? It is. Yes. My yeah. Immortal. Um, it was released in. Um, oh, shoot. What is the? I was looking at this just earlier. Uh, yeah, the song was released in um, 2000 when they were putting out their first uh, their first album, Origin. Evanescence was. And yeah, six years later, here comes My Immortal, the fanfic. You know, you have the obvious connection to Amy Lee. I mean, the whole fanfic is steeped in that sort of, you know, emo goth sort of um, musical uh, fashion space, right? Um, it was big then. It's big now. It hasn't gone away. Amy Lee says she has read this, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. She she made a comment on it. She said she thought it was very funny. Um, <laughs> and she's right. Um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it got removed from fanfiction.net, but uh, it, it had it had tens of thousands of reviews a chapter. Um, by the time of its removal, um, the author throughout ridicules uh, the hate, the hate comments at certain points threatening to uh, not upload anymore if she doesn't get at least 10 good reviews, and at one point threatening to commit suicide if she doesn't get at least 10 good reviews. A few, um, yeah. Uh, she lands herself in the hospital at one point for that, although I think it's for an unrelated reason. Um, um, she also, she says stop flaming preps, basically at the start of every single chapter. <laughs> um, it's, preps, uh, of course. Preps, of course, being the, you know, the you know normie chuggy kind of uh, american eagle hollister set much like dumbledore who wants to become uh, a goth but he really he isn't a real one and thus um, and thus is a poser thus is a poser um versus a prep you're right those, those yes. are different things basically there was a there was a writer writer who said that the that my immortal is a constant millstone around the necks of fan fiction enthusiasts who struggle to bring legitimacy to the genre which I don't think is necessarily fair to fan fiction because it's not like terrible, terrible novels don't exist. It's not like terrible, mm. you know, every media has something horrible. You know, you have your, uh, you know, um, I mean, you have your president is missing, right? You have, um, I mean, we don't have some of the truly terrible plays from, you know, fucking Shakespeare's day because if people didn't want to recorded it just wasn't recorded you know? i know i was making jokes earlier this is actually not the worst thing we've covered on this show oh no <laughs> it's just like fourth because uh, it's not ideologically a poor uh, kind of but um in, in, <laughs> there's no yeah. ideology here in the, this in is, the sort this of vampire potter yeah you know in the, in the sort of i mean you know in the author's note right my gf you not in that way like it's got that sort of um uh osmosis kind of homophobia that isn't necessarily but she does think bi guys are hot and sensitive oh yes, she does yes say of that. course gotta have that fetishization in there she certainly. does she says i i and and you know when we talked about like how how do we want to talk about my immortal because we both we both wanted to you know we both have a history with this so i'll just start i came to my immortal uh the first time i heard of this this text would have been probably I don't know. Sometime when I was on the internet, 2015, 2016, chat room, something like that, maybe earlier than that even, um, and it would get quit quoted. I remember someone on Lord of the Rings Online, a uh, game that I played too much, was named Ebony Darkness Dementia Raven, um, and I didn't realize till later that's probably my first exposure to it. 
but I didn't fully read this text until my freshman year of college in which a friend quoted it. And I was like, I, I know that. And basically after a uh, long night of, um, of we'll say like, you know, college hard drinking um we decided to hit waffle house in the morning and in the waffle house corner hung over as all hell we read aloud the entirety of this continuously just <laughs> ordering new stuff and i'll say right out i think i gave the waiter like i think i tipped like twice what i paid for the meal because we were there so long and i felt bad like literally but we were just there we read i think the whole thing at least like the parts that like are funny um the majority mm -hmm. of it you can sit down and knock this out in an afternoon. Yeah, and know? we were like reading it and going over it and just losing our minds. And uh, it's, you know, it's it's funny not just because of the text itself. We opened up with a chapter of it, but it's also funny because if you have been in fan fiction or internet spaces, it captures the like the 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 sort of it's it's not Tumblr. It's kind of like pre Tumblr, but like it captures that like essence to a T. I think. Um, and it is, it is, uh, God, it's, it's just, it's very, very funny. It's very raw XD. I'm, I'm having, it's, it's a lot. And, of fun. and, and, you know, the ground in which this is sown was very, was very, very fertile. I mean, you know, um, fanfiction.net, of course, launched in, uh, 1998. They had, mm -hmm. uh, over 100,000 writers by the, um, by early 2000, uh, 2002. Um, man. And I remember, like, back in the day, um, I vaguely, vaguely remember when they had like the MPAA rating system, right? When it right. went from like, you know, G to R and then they had to get, they got cease and desist about the MPAA. So they had to change it to, uh, like K to M. Um, I vaguely, vaguely remember, um, as Legend of Zelda fanfic of like Zelda and Link breaking up and Zelda and Zelda's like, it was a song fic of like behind these hazel eyes by fucking Kelly Clarkson and then Let's song fics were banned. So, you know, that's. I, I, I've seen so many changes because um, I started getting into fan fiction like at 11 and at and 12, like 04, 05. Um, but the point is, Harry Potter was then and is now still the most um, the most commonly written about uh, um, fandom on fanfiction.net. It stands today at uh, fanfiction.net has uh, 14 million or so stories. 846,000 of those are Harry Potter. Um, mm. and the, the runner up Naruto is like 440 K it's not even close. The, the, <clears throat> I mean, the chokehold that Harry Potter had over the culture, it still has, but it cannot be overstated like 2007, 2008, really all the way until just a few years ago. Yeah. It, it was, it was all encompassing. In fact, I think like the only people who weren't into it were like, evangelical christians at the time which is like kind of ironic considering you know jk rowling's like right-wing turn later mm -hmm. on or at least public right-wing turn presumably she's always kind of had those opinions um but like at the time like the movies were coming out the books were the biggest thing in the world yes um, and you had this intersection you had these people who had grown up with the books and grown up with the movies because these movies are coming out consistently year to year um kind of coming of age and coming onto the internet and getting older and getting more adept. And so like these things they have a lot of feelings about are, you know, colliding with this like online space in a way this is in conversation with, and I, I feel goofy even saying it, but it's a conversation with like Gideon the ninth. If you, if you listen to our Gideon the ninth episode and we talk about how like fiction is able to rise out of the internet um, and how like subcult and cultures, like literary circles are forming out of the internet um this fiction I, I and again it's it's not it's not 
it's not about the quality of the fiction, but it is it is coming from these these same these same places in this like very deep passion for these characters and then mixing with like celebrity culture and then mm-hmm. colliding against I don't know, just like teen angst. And you know, um whether or not this is a troll fic doesn't matter. Um there is a million there are a million fan fictions like this. Um, there are a million this 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 is special for a reason, but there is a million just absolutely like just backwards fan fictions that are just unbelievably earnest. Um and it, it rises out of this just bizarre subculture that would go on to form, I don't know, I guess a variety of things. A lot of people who are adults now well, um, and- who may or may not want to remember. And uh- <laughs> I mean, I I haven't forgotten it certainly. Mm-hmm. I'm fucking I'm fucking thirty, and we're still talking about it. Like, yeah. and it's it comes as well. I'm glad you mentioned, you know, a generation of people getting into literature through this, and also getting on the internet, right? Because yeah. it's the it's that confluence of kids getting into a long running series. Many of many of them, uh, Harry Potter's their first brush with that, right? You know, my, right. My family and I, you know, grew up reading those books. Oh yeah. Um, and so they come onto the internet at this point. It's oh. 0607 that this is published. Uh Angry Video Game Nerd is still new. He's still called Angry Nintendo Nerd at that time, right? Really? Um, we're not far out from zero punctuation starting. So it's an environment of people, you know, an unfettered creative environment, almost unfettered. You know, there's various legal issues early in the early days with uh with fan fiction and whatnot. Well, she doesn't but, have any rights to the song lyrics. Yeah, yeah. It makes she, you very clear that she doesn't have rights to them. <laughs> yes. And, you know, it's it's and that's not unique to her. Right. You know, back when back when there was kind of litigation around this stuff back when um, I think Anne Rice was uh, submitting various takedown notices here and there. She's actually one of the uh, authors whose work is not allowed on uh, fanfiction.net stuff based on the Vampire Chronicles and that sort of thing. Not allowed on that site. Really? So, yeah, you know, in that in that environment, you know, it was it was the culture to say, look, I don't own these characters. I'm not profiting by this. Please don't sue me. Um, mm-hmm. so you have that element of it there. Um, and as I said, you know, you have this unfettered creative environment and this unfettered critical environment as well, you know, cause you have people leaving reviews, you have people leaving critiques of, you know, constructive and otherwise flavor, and you have people who are flaming. Getting... Yes. Yes. And you have, yeah, these preps flaming that. Yeah. And you have mm-hmm. people, um, getting famous, getting very creatively, um, creatively critical of things you know again mm-hmm. an angry video game nerd right um i mean you, you know flame wars and stuff like that those these oh, were yeah. terms that come out of this time and and you know um <clears throat> there's the you know very stupid meme of like oh the kids these days wouldn't survive in the xbox lobby lobby or whatever like a lot of the internet having no moderation at all Yes. Um, and it just being completely like open and endless um and and, and not being moderated not in the same way as say I don't know like Twitter is right now where the moderation it's like corporate owned and it's like for profit algorithm but it also is like poorly moderated um you kind of had this this like open space where it is so wide open in every direction and you are going to a bunch of different sites you know you're not clicking on the same five websites you are clicking Mm -hmm. on hundreds of different websites and you're going to different places and individual blogs and these big places like these fan fiction websites yeah are places where people congregate and in that sense that it's unmoderated i mean people use the term wild west for it and whatever whatever you like to call it it is it is a sort of different era now 2006 2007 it's definitely starting to become more corporatized. It's starting to become what we said would be 
hell on earth for the characters from snow crash on mm-hmm. um, the, you know, the hell we find ourselves in today. Um, but that, that's what was going on. And it would just be this, <clears throat> I mean, yeah, all out brutal attacks. Um, and also, but just also people just posting endlessly. And, uh, there's something beautiful about that. I gotta say. <laughs> oh yeah. And you know, it's not just sort of a uh, it's not just sort of a two minutes hate. In fact, I would argue that it's not it's not even mostly uh, two minutes hate, you know, reading this and, you know, getting out like vitriol. Right. It's there are panels at various conventions where you read, you know, quote unquote, bad fan. I mean, not quote unquote, you know, fan fiction that is bad, you know, yeah, and you laugh at it. Yeah, you know, you laugh at it, you know, you do dramatic readings of it. Yeah, you... famously, like Dan and Phil, the YouTubers, made they, some of their biggest videos were just reading fan fictions. They're, you, you, people wrote about them, the mm-hmm. YouTubers. There's a famous one called The Skin Fic about one of them um, peeling the skin off the other one. That they oh, yeah. Read. Yeah, legendary. Yeah. I, I, I distinctly remember there was... Um, I mean, we could we could just go on and list them, right? But I mean, it's it's... I consider this a work of outsider arts. I'm not even being ironic about that, you know, okay. because something like this, something like that uh, story where uh, um, Goku romances Anne Frank and fights Hitler, you know, <laughs> you know, Gurren Jesus, that sort of thing. Like it is a, it is a peek into the mind of somebody who has just completely unfettered creativity mm-hmm. um, or, you know, I don't know where they get it. I don't know how their mind works, but nobody else's mind works that way is the point when you read this sort of thing. And, but there's also, there's also, I would argue um, some genuine craftsmanship that goes into uh, this. I'm of the school of thought that this fic is a very, very elaborate construct, Mm -hmm. you know, because you read, go into your theory. Cause I know you have, I know you have thoughts on this. Yeah, you know, because you read through it, and here and there, you see that the author, I mean, you know, they've done analyses of the text. The author clearly knows how to craft a sentence, clearly knows how to spell words like Voldemort, how to spell <laughs> words like, you know, you know, um, spur- spurious and uh, that sort of thing. Um, they just choose not to. And so yeah, they choose to say Remus Lupin is masticating. They know what yes. they're doing. <laughs> oh yes, yes. I have I have I have spent many, many a lonely evening masticating. You know? <laughs> it's it's it and it's the and again, you know, it exists in that space where um where people on the internet want to score points by dunking on people. And what's easier than a um than a um what you know, a word a word that sounds very much like another word, but is obviously wrong, you know. Putting out that kind of bait for people, it happens too often in this in this story to be a coincidence. And there's also commonalities um, in 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 terms of certain phrases between uh, one chapter or another. Um, and they swap off every so often, which leads me to believe, well, you know, perhaps this was a uh, collab, just not by the uh, you know two you know teenage goth girls that uh, that uh, they make themselves out to be. And worth noting, like this was a much bigger project than simply the story itself. You know, Tara Gillespie, the alleged author of this, had socials, had MySpace. You know, they're gone now. Um, She had this friend named Raven. She also had a social media page. So there was, there was an ident, there were identities that um, whoever wrote this was keeping up, which some, uh, some people derive skepticism from that, but you know, there are people who are very, very dedicated to their craft, and I don't, 
I don't th I don't think it at all unreasonable that uh, that somebody was leading some kind of double life just as an elaborate prank. I think that that's very possible. A way I've kind of come to see this um, is I think I think this person obviously has spent knows the fan fiction community. There's no doubt about that. That they're they're not they're not. Um, they, they they know like what they're writing to. They're they know like what the the sort of things to pull from the mistakes people make in fan fiction that are unintentionally funny. Mm -hmm. Um I think what you've got here is someone who's I, I think it's like maybe it, it's is their online presence was probably started as unironic and went towards like kind of half irony i think that's a lot of, a lot of people's online presence especially in that period as they got older and they spent time on these websites and stuff i can speak to myself right i spent time i don't even remember what age is on this place called like camp half blood something and it was a it was a percy jackson role-playing website right and i started and i was like very earnest and very into my characters and there comes up came a point where i was like oh this is kind of stupid, right? <laughs> like I realized, and, and not in the sense of like, it's bad that I'm doing this, but in the sense of like, oh, this is like objectively very silly. Like at some point I got like actively mad about something another character did on there. And I like mm -hmm. had to take a step back for myself and be like, you know, and I was like probably 13 or 14 years yeah. old. And I had to be like, okay, well this separating fiction from reality. So then like kind of what happened then is like, I made some joke characters on there, but I was still also having fun. <laughs> like I did enjoy the engagement and, and, and I think this feels like someone in these communities that's coming to that latter half of things. And it's like, I'm kidding around, but I am also having fun. I'm having fun reading the hate, probably the engagement online. Like a lot of it became more and more jokey, but if you go further back, I know people have made the arguments and I've read the articles of like the further back you go in their socials, the more unironic they seem, the more whatever. Mm -hmm. So what I think is you've got someone who's and, and and that also makes me enjoy it more because it makes it a lot less mean spirited. You know, like if yes. it's if it's if this is some like middle-aged guy who decided to make fun of teenage girls, that's it's just it doesn't read like that to me, you know. Mm -hmm. Um and uh, but and nevertheless, just some of the choices they make in here, God, just to randomly call Tom Riddle Tom Bombadil at one point. Yeah. It just <laughs> oh, it's oh, so I knew you would love that. I knew funny, it was dude. Enough. It is hmm. so funny. Um, so yeah, and I don't know. Um, I, I I want with all my heart to believe this is completely sincere. Um, I know it isn't, but God, it, I do want to live in a world where this is one hundred percent sincere. But I think I live in a world in my brain where this is like ten percent sincere. I, I I I that's kind of where I'm coming at this from. But that's maybe putting more of me into it than uh than. Than, than maybe it calls for but I, I don't know what else is there to do there's like five people who claim to be the author of this thing so like it's it's hard to even know with that you know what 10 percent sincere 90 percent not and 100 percent reason to keep it in your thoughts that's exactly right bada bang bada boom do we yes. want to try and talk about like what the story even is here so <laughs> we open it's, with, it's really good actually we opened yeah we opened with the first <laughs> chapter 
which was literally just uh, Ebony describing her clothing. She, they um, love this this book. This it loves clothing descriptions. It's fucking. It's fucking obsessed. It's Brett Easton Ellis esque in the detail mm. that they get into. It is. It is like if you read um like Game of Thrones or in his Song of Ice and Fire books, mm-hmm. it's Martin describing like food. Is this is this book with like its clothing? It's like yes. oh, this person's actually kind of excited about the pink fishnets and black combat. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there are multiple multiple costume changes you know like people will put on their clothing specifically to take it off within the same paragraph so to fuck. Cool. oh it's, yeah it's 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 you know uh and again you know that kind of cadence is not accidental yes every chapter of which i think we said there are 42 maybe 44 starts with an author's note which is mostly either bloody tears saying thank you for helping me with my story to um to uh the wife which is bloody tears 666 also raven yeah also an insert character there's bloody wrists and then there's bloody tears and yeah you're right bloody bloody tears is raven whose self-insert is a girl named willow who yes who briefly they have a falling out and in the story has something bad happen to her and gets called a slut and then Mm -hmm. they're like clearly friends again (laughs) so isn't getting called a slut anymore Mm -hmm. um but like chapter two immediately is please stop flaming my story, okay? By the way, preps. Yeah, I mean, and you got the very beginning, you know, chapter two. I woke up in my bedroom. It was snowing and raining again. I opened the door of my coffin and drank some blood from a bottle I had. Um, the coffin, it was black ebony, and it was hot pink velvet with lace on the ends. And they took out a giant MCR t-shirt they used for pajamas and a pentagram necklace and a, immediately getting into getting into the clothing. Um, and then, yeah, you introduce Willow and it says, author's note, Raven disses you. Oh, so exciting. My buddy, one of my buddies in college had this joke where he would sing like a show tune or whatever, you know, from fucking, um, you know, whatever musical like Sweeney Todd or Hamilton or whatever. And he would get to the end of a phrase and then sing like a note, like half up or half down. And mm-hmm. it would just great. And it was, you know. And it was it, it wasn't annoying. It was genuinely funny, you know, mm-hmm. because you know we 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 come from musical theater backgrounds. We know we know when something's like just wrong enough to sort of like be nails on a chalkboard, you know, uh, uh, cardboard on concrete. And that's what the um and that's what the author's note you know break in like Raven, this is you is doing here, right? Because it's breaking up the floor of the story in a way that's elementary, like even to people who are just getting into the um just getting into the writing space. We uh and, and and you know it immediately it moves it moves. God, I'm just looking over it like it just makes me laugh the whole time. Like, um, it's an, I straighten my hair to make it all spiky. I looked was a little depressed then, so I slit one of my wrists and read a depressing book and waited for it to stop bleeding and listen to some good Charlotte. It's like <laughs> uh, you know just 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 casual casual self harm. Yeah, well, she's a vampire, so it's fine. That's the thing. That's that's she's a vampire that doesn't look like a vampire aside from the icy skin, um, because she's she's constantly drinking her own blood. Uh, the only times where she thinks she's gonna die is when she considers putting a stake spelled S T E A K through her own heart, which oh, yes. leads questions, leads you to imagine what what that what that looks like and how. Uh, that... Yes, here here lies here lies uh, Ebony, casualty of the porterhouse. Yes, exactly right. And then hi Draco, I said in a depressed voice. Just uh and 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 yeah, they 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 go to this, they go to this um what what concert is it? Is it a good Charlotte concert? It's a good Charlotte concert. They've come they're coming to Hogsmeade. 
you know, mm-hmm. muggle, muggle, uh, muggle band in a in a wizarding village, you know, whatever. And then I can pull from my expertise here. Um, Harry, uh, Harry Potter fan fiction loves to go to Hogsmeade. That's uh that's a staple in Harry Potter fan fiction. You got to go to Hogsmeade because that's the town that doesn't get that well described in the books. So anything could be there. It's kind of a wizard town, but there's muggles that come through. So you can have, and I know for a fact, like straight up, um, it was a thing to be like, uh, like um, reader, like reader X, like one of the one of the actors from like Harry Potter movies, like Elijah Elijah Wood or not Elijah Wood, Jesus Daniel Radcliffe or um 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 emma watson and then they would be at hogsmeade and then you would have like a day with them at the magic like that was like a thing like people would do all kinds of inserts at hogsmeade as this like in between place Mm -hmm. so this is again this person showing their uh they've got they've got some knowledge of the uh of the community um and then they go into the forbidden forest and have maybe the hottest sex scene oh maybe ever written Speaking of George R. R. Martin, they're in, they're in, um, they're in Draco's flying Mercedes Benz. Of yeah, course. with the six 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 on the back. Has a, yes, a six six six, and uh, uh, they get GC concert tees. They get, uh, they get uh, um, autographs and photos with the band members and whatnot. And yeah, they go into the Forbidden Forest. The author's uh, note we... says, "Stop." Call- Her name is Ebony, not Mary Sue. Okay. Well, and and I'll point out here as well. Uh, Ebony's name is Enaby, right? Yeah, or Enaby, yes. Two, two different spellings there in the same in the same sentence. Yeah, Ebony's name is Enaby, not Mary Sue. Mm-hmm. Which apparently people were calling characters Mary Sue as early as 2006, 2007. I thought that was a slightly later development. So it originates, uh, if I remember correctly, from a really old Star Trek fanfic. Mm-hmm. Um, where the main character was kind of this uh, perfect self-insert. I think she was the daughter of uh, of one of the captains uh, it's a wish the... fulfillment thing yeah, yeah exactly you know it's, um it's... let me look uh character created by paul smith in 1973 in a story a trekkie's tale yeah hmm. you're right spock tells her you're perfectly logical the captain says that you're a genius and incredibly attractive and she says i'm not that kind of girl and then they all say that she's like the greatest and she saves everyone and then she's put in the order of good guyhood the order uh, yes yes uh, the Tralfamadorian Order of Good Guy Food, according to this, which is great. What? We got a crossover. Um, okay. Okay. Well, you know what? Um, it occurs to me that here's here's another one for the for the coincidence nexus. Uh, I wrote this down. Um, so halfway through the story about um, Ebony mentions that, you know, she and Draco kiss like uh, Chad Michael Murray and Hillary Duff in a Cinderella story. <laughs> but she hates Hillary Duff. <laughs> Here's the thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, she literally takes time out of that description to say, oh, I hate that bitch. You know, (laughs) here's the thing. Ten years after a Cinderella story, you know what Chad Michael Murray starred in? The Nicolas Cage left behind. He played Buck. Let's go. See, it all it all comes together. It all, it all comes together. It all comes together. This is at the the, the Chad Michael Murray, who so is many. one of the worst parts of that movie. And that movie has some bad parts in it. Let me tell you. Which movie? Um, a Cinderella story? Uh, no, I haven't seen that one. I'm talking about the Kirk or the uh, Left Behind movie. I, I'm not story. kidding. I'm not kidding. Kirk Cameron is better at Buck than than Chad Michael Murray. He genuinely he has a, he has a wheelhouse, you know. Yeah, he's got a wheelhouse of of like worst guy ever. But like yeah, wheels, worst guy ever is something. 
those wheels may be square, but it is a house. Yes, it is. Speaking of, but yeah, the best sex scene of all time. They go out into the woods. Um, you know, why don't you take in- it? Why don't you take it all? Because it's a very short one. Not yeah, much- I got it. I got it. Draco leaned in extra close and I looked into his gothic red eyes he was wearing color contacts which revealed so much depressing sorrow and evilness and then suddenly I didn't feel mad anymore and then lots of dots suddenly just as I Draco kissed me passionately Draco climbed on top of me and we started to make out keenly against a tree he took of my top and I took of his clothes I even took of my bra Then he put his thingy into my you-know-what, and we did it for the first time. Oh, 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 I screamed. I was beginning to get an orgasm. We started to kiss everywhere, and my pale body became all warm, and then, all caps, what the hell are you doing, you motherfuckers? It was, endless dots, Dumbledore. (laughs) What the hell are you doing, you motherfuckers? It was... Dumbledore, which notably one of the only times Dumbledore is spelled correctly in the entire yes. text. It's mostly Dumbledore. Well, yes, yes, the very which is the, vastly superior, by the way. The Dumbledore. very next chapter, the fucking author's note says the only resin Dumbledore swore is because he had a headache. You know, I, my, that was a joke with me and my friends. If I was like a if if someone said something rude or whatever, it was like, listen, the only reason I did that is I had a headache, <laughs> which is actually the sometimes the reason that you're mad so you know sometimes. once again getting to the human the human condition here yes my model is well and you know there is there is a certain precedent for this um it is in conversation with something else that's happening in harry potter because by this time of course um uh goblet of fire the film has been released yes and and all the books are out at this point yeah like they they the last book came out in like so the last book, um, Half-Blood Prince comes out in 05. So it was out by this time, which makes it all the weirder. Wait, because... Half-Blood Prince is second to last, I think. Half-Blood Prince is second to last, yes. Which makes it interesting because there's an author's note um, very late in the story. So like, it would have been out for a few months by now. But um, the author says, oh man, I can't wait to read this book. I bet Snape kills Dumbledore because this and that and the other. So... <laughs> Literally spoils it, by the way, in you know, in that window where it still can be spoiled. 2007. Okay, Deathly Hallows is 2007. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, <laughs> listeners... That snip kills Dumbledore. And listeners, like, if you'll recall, you know, that was the big meme of the time. You know, some people had gotten it much earlier than others. So people were literally doing drive-bys of people waiting outside of bookstores to buy the book and going, yeah. Snake kills Dumbledore! Yeah. Early, yeah, early like viral internet videos. Um, you know that, that was that was that was a whole thing. Um, people tried to actually recreate it. Uh, there was like a lot of people who tried to recreate the meme in direct references to uh, people who were trying to watch Avengers Endgame with the Iron the Iron Man dies. There oh, was yeah. actually some like, not that just the concept of spoiling, but there was like multiple videos of people trying to to perfectly simulate the drive-by videos, which I thought was interesting and a strange art form in and of itself. And also everyone who saw Endgame like the second day already knew every single thing yeah. happened because that's just not the, how the culture was anymore. It's also worth noting the sex scenes here, obviously very funny. Kind of only a step below a lot of sex writing in fan fiction. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. Not and far greatly, below. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, it's, it's, it's like very sincere. much... 
it's yeah. very much it's very much focused on this happened and that happened and you know physically this happened you know and there is much less context there's nothing of the erotica about it you know it's just oh sex you know it's the hottest line in this is he was hung like a stallone at one yes, point stallone. which sent me he was hung like a stallone and i yes. thought that was pretty solid the um, other thing, the yeah. other thing that this is in conversation with, you know, with Angry Dumbledore, right? It was very it's much meme. meme. Yeah, it was very much memed in its day, you know, because Goblet of Fire, the film, had just come out. Michael Gambon had uh, become the new Dumbledore because Richard Harris had died, and you know, he played. It, still to this day, you can see people post that one page from um, Goblet of Fire, like Harry, did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? He asked calmly. That's yeah. not how Dumbledore plays in the movie. In the yeah. Did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? Yeah, exactly right. Which, again, you know, I like Gambit's Dumbledore. It's a perfectly valid way to play the character, but, you know, it's different from what people expect. Look, I think this person gets to the heart of what a lot of us found out much later is Dumbledore is a complete poser. He really, yes. he's a he's a uh, poser and a prep. Yes, and a poser we, and a prep and a, and a fan of Ludacris, as uh, we see early in uh, Chapter 5. Or maybe not a fan, because he calls them ludicrous. He calls Draco and Ebony ludicrous fools, like spelled like the rapper. <laughs> There's some great insults um, that are thrown around in this in this fic. Uh, my favorite is when um, is when McGonagall yells, "Stop it right now, you horny simpletons!" <laughs> That's my favorite one. You horny simpletons. I think she speaks for us all in that moment. Mm, so true. Mm. Yeah, chapter five, not a whole lot. People are crying, running around. Every single chapter, basically, they someone yells at someone, oh, they get upset. Oh. Chapter six is important though, because we find uh we find another of uh of Ebony's classmates here. That's true. Uh, and not just Count Chocula, who is referenced in this as the only cereal she'll eat. Yes, yes. In the Great Hall, I ate some Count Chocolate cereal with blood instead of milk and yes. a glass of red blood. Suddenly, someone bumped into me. All the blood spilled over my top, uh, which is black. So, you know, why? Why yeah. uh, Why does that matter? Uh, it's all good. Yeah. Bastard, I shouted angrily. I regretted saying it when I looked up because I was looking into the pale white face of a gothic boy with spiky black hair with red streaks in it. He was wearing so much eyeliner that I was going down his face and he was wearing black lipstick. <laughs> he didn't have glasses anymore. And now he was wearing red contact lenses, just like Draco's, and there was no scar on his forehead anymore. He had a manly stubble on his chin. He had a sexy English accent. He looked exactly like Joel Madden. He was so sexy that my body went all hot when I saw him, kind of like an erection, only I'm a girl, so I didn't get one, you sicko. <laughs> I'm so sorry, he said in a shy voice. That's all right. What's your name? I questioned. My name's Harry Potter, although most people call me vampire these days, he grumbled. Why? I exclaimed. Because I love the taste of human blood, he giggled. <laughs> well, I am a vampire, I confessed. Really? He whimpered. Yeah! I roared. So, there's a lot going on here. There's, yeah, a lot of dialogue explanations. Here. First of all, of course, you're not reading along with us. Maybe you are. Um, in mm -hmm. which case, you can see that... Um, the paragraph starting Bastard, where she first sees Mr. Joel Madden Vampire Potter... There's no spelling mistakes that I can see. Grammatically, yeah. sure, there are run-on sentences, but uh, it's a moment of startling lucidity. And then... I think it wants you to focus on the last sentence, which is just so... It, it, kind of like an erection, only I'm a girl, so I didn't get one, you sicko. I think that, that one... Since mm. that was the punch of it, I think that they were like, okay, I gotta, I gotta make them... Gotta let them hear the... 
that. It's an expertly placed punchline. It is a wonderful rake to fucking step on. And as well, there's, um, I mean, so I looked up Joel Madden's appearance, finally. Um, <laughs> it's it's a passing resemblance, maybe. Um, <laughs> not, I mean, 2006 Joel Madden is, it's it's a stretch, you know? You, you can kind of sort of something. Vampire Potter, though. Yes. Vampire Potter. Vampire Potter. Me, just one of the funniest names. <laughs> I, that I did uh, um today on Twitter we 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 had a rare uh disagreement. Rare disagreement with, you know, one of the great sh- friends of the pod, uh Josh Borman of Worst of All Possible Worlds who says Jim Floor is funnier. Jim Floor is very funny. I think Vampire Potter is still the funniest name we've come across on this podcast. I will say Jim Floor being a real name that may that it may just take the cake, but it's, um, mm, but but just just there's I I, I don't know how to articulate it, well, but the fact the, that they just didn't tweak it, just Vampire Potter, it's so fucking funny. Oh yeah, and and as we'll see, you know, like all the all the characters get this treatment. You know, Hermione is Bloody Mary Smith, bloody with an apostrophe. You know, Ron mm-hmm. is Diabolo. Um, Neville at one point is mentioned passing, and he's called uh, Dracola. Yeah. Um, at a certain point, Voldemort just becomes Satan. I think Voldemort. Yes, Satan. Yeah. Because that was his nickname in um, in high school when he was yeah. at uh, Hogwarts, so we get into we get into that. But but right? but oh, sorry, yeah, go ahead. Well, what I also want to point out is, you know, you you're, you you say very you say very correctly that there's a lot going on with the introduction of Vampire Potter A, um, because the author in the in the in the paragraph where he's introduced clearly knows how to sort of pace a reveal. Mm-hmm. I mean. She kind of blows her load in that uh, in that sentence where she's like, "Oh, and 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 uh, he didn't have glasses, and there was no scar on his forehead anymore." But she kind of slow walks that uh, those details is the thing. Um, so she has at least some idea of pacing a, um, which makes me wonder regarding the name. So biblically, Judas killed himself in a potter's field, right? Right. And is it? Uh, no, it was Cain who was the ancestral like first vampire in Vampire the Masquerade. So, yes, but there, if Judas, I thought, um, I thought there was a connection like Vampire Potter. Yeah, if you wanted to do, uh, you know, if you wanted Judas to be sort of the the dark Jesus, and if he him rising again would be vampire, dark um, Jesus, dark Jesus. But yeah, it, it, Vampire Potter I think is extra funny to me just because like that is a lot of fan fictions are AU's mm-hmm. alternate universes, um, which to me like. Um, I always found very funny because a lot of them were um, a lot of them would get so far from the original universe that I always started to wonder why the person just didn't write their own thing mm-hmm. at a certain point. Like there would be a and sometimes you kind of need that you need that like tether to feel like comfortable writing something, even though once it's become something all your own. Um but no, a very common, a very common one, and this is more basically just like, oh, putting them in a high school setting, like an American high school or a college setting or whatever. Um but the vampire AU made me think of one of my favorite fan fictions of all time. This being not 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 serious, I I do genuinely love it. But it's a Cuphead fan fiction where it's it's Dark Cuphead and Dark Mugman X Reader is one of the funniest. It, it is it is, and this one is I will just say is not a joke. It's very clearly sincere. Just, just sincerely getting fucking Eiffel Tower by the dishes. Yes, and it's sin very sincere. This person is very clearly trying really hard. Um, 
and and it it is one of the funniest fan fictions I've ever come across. There's other life. there's other stuff that falls into that category as well, and I really love when people get unhinged but also completely serious. Have you read? Um, I don't remember the name of it right now, but there was a story that was. The giant squid paired romantically with Hogwarts Castle? Um, no, I don't think so. Like the castle itself is alive and the squids, you know, pleasuring it, like various sure. like various like rooms within the castle map right. the parts of its body. Naturally. Um the kitchens are like I think they're like, you know, heart or whatever that gets, you know, you know hearts racing and of course when the castle comes you know like you know the chimneys blast out smoke and like you know all the all the all the the faucets over over uh, flow and whatnot it's there's very clearly creativity there's thought put into it um it's and again you know that's part of the charm of fan fiction because you can get this stuff out that would never be published at least not outside of the like the self-publishing space because there's definitely like bizarro imprints that will do this sort of shit the the self publishing space is its own weird thing, but uh, mm. you know that's maybe a conversation for another time. If we ever decided to talk about the uh, Vanity Press published book, I got basically forced to buy at a fair one time, and is maybe the most baffling piece of fiction I've ever read. But we'll save that for another day. Mm-hmm. Can't find any record of it online anywhere. <laughs> I think it might be. Uh, might be the Necronomicon, but I'm not certain. Man, lost media, you know, like I, there was this really, I was way too young to have discovered this, but there was this like Super Smash Brothers fanfic on fanfiction.net from, I believe, before the days where the M plus 18, the M18 plus rating was banned, like the really explicit shit. It was called, I remember this distinctly, Trapped with a Knife. And it was mm-hmm. Young Link from fucking like Smash Brothers just trapped in the sewers fighting monsters with a rusty knife. At one point, he has to drink his own piss to survive. Like, it's just like, gro- it's grotesque and it's gratuitous. And I've never been able to find it yeah. ever again. There is um, my spouse, Sydney, has a lost fanfic that Sydney will reference all the time. And it's uh, the the Winchester brothers um, from from Supernatural as dish towels and they're sentient dish towels. And nothing happens that's sexual in the fan fiction. Like, you'd think it would be a fetish thing. No. No, they're just hanging out as dish towels. And they're like, why are we dish towels? And my understanding is that's it. And But, uh, but Jacob, how do you know that it's not a fetish thing? I don't know. But you, the, or I, you or I don't have the part of our brains that light up at that. It, that's true, but it surely doesn't – from my understanding of it, 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 doesn't, it, it doesn't come off that way. But it, regardless, the towel fic is, is lost, unfortunately. Also, also uh, Supernatural, famously, the most, uh, the most fanfic about TV show on fanfiction.net. Mm-hmm. Um, and don't look what most of those fanfictions are about. <laughs> but okay, Chapter 7 has a title. Yes, bring they're, me they're, to life. They're few and far between. Yes, and they're mostly um, they're mostly Evanescence and MCR songs. Yeah, because you know they, there's this reference Evanescence, Good Charlotte. Uh, what else? Panic at the Disco gets referenced. Mm-hmm. It's this is this it's the peak of this era, um, and you know that's that starts with the classic uh, Draco and I held our pale white hands with black nail polish as we went upstairs. I was wearing wet, red Satanist sins on my nails and red nail polish. And author's note C, does that sound like a Mary Sue to you? And said, Ebony isn't a Mary Sue. Okay, she's perfect. She isn't perfect. She's all caps a Satanist. A Satanist. <laughs> Satanist, notably. <laughs> that's true. And and that is true. She's a Satanist, which is actually um, important to the plot as there is conflict between Satanists and Christians at a certain point. Um, which made me realize 
I think that there might be some jokes about what evangelicals thought Harry Potter was in here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's part of it. Because I genuinely, for part of my life, thought that Harry Potter was about devil worship. Like, my yeah. school would not allow it in their library. And, like, a lot of kids were like, yeah, no. And, and my parents never said it was about devil worship, to be clear. Like, I, I um, it, it was just kind of something I absorbed through osmosis. But it's magic, you know? Suffer not a witch to live. Right, right. And it, it's very interesting. But, you know, Narnia always flew. But I, I do want to do a serious talk about Narnia at some point. But that's a whole different Yes, thing. yes. I, um, I, I need to rewrite that. That's um, also just fan fiction, too. But this is where we also this is where we also get some really contrived uh, um, emotional drama. There's a little bit in the concert scene uh, a little ways back when um, Ebony comments on how hot Joel Madden is and Drake yeah. is all like weepy and stuff. And she's like, oh, you know, I don't like him more than you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then they're fucking in chapter seven. Uh, oh, Draco, Draco, I screamed while getting an orgasm when all of a sudden I saw a tattoo I had never seen before on Draco's arm. It was a black heart with an arrow through it. On it in bloody gothic writing were the words vampire. <laughs> the words vampire. And the word, yes, words plural. And and that leads to a rift between them. They have a fight. Um, uh, she, she notably accuses him of having AIDS after finding out that he had had sex with a man. Oh boy. Um, yeah. So now we're getting into the political analysis of this. No, I genuinely today reading over this was like, okay, I'm going to find something political in this book. Oh yeah. This is uh, basically what I've got. Uh, the AIDS reference to homosexuality. I'm doing my best here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, well, and again, you know, it's in, it's in that day when casual homophobia was relatively normal on at least American school campuses. You know, you would grow up and you hear people say, Oh, that's gay. Oh, that's gay. You know, and yeah. now you got to go to Twitter for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's, and that's less, and that's less of a thing now, you know, because I, because you know, it's, it's becoming more, you know, homosexuality is more, is more normal and it's less stigmatized. Mm-hmm. Um, not that people aren't trying to stigmatize it, but well, you know, it's, it's because um, you know, it's because, we finally decided to stop, uh, you know, wearing the eyeliner and stuff so much. I think that's what it was. Once, um, once we all started dressing like preps, it was okay. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, that's Wait, that's what it is. But you can can't you also be a fake prep and thus you're a poser? Um, you can be a fake goth. You can be a fake prep. No, it's kind of a one side. It's kind of a one sided door. Uh, being being, it's kind of like an up and down situation, you know. Um, but this is... I, I wouldn't understand a, a prep. To, to get a real prep to understand what a poser prep is. I, I, I'm glad you mentioned doors. This is a tangent, but um, so my partner's bisexual, and she told me the other day that um, there's a slur for bisexual people. Is like, there door swinger? Like <laughs> that sounds like uh that sounds more like um like an old timey like is she a you know door swinger like <laughs> like a friend of Dorothy or something like that like one yeah, of those old yeah. Ones. You know, but like yeah. the, the the conceit of it being, oh, you know, you can't you can't make up your mind one way or another. It's, right, it's, right, right, right. It, it's weird, you know. I because it again, I'm not I'm not bisexual. I haven't had this directed at me, but it's 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 something that I'm like people people use that as an insult. Like, I can, mm-hmm. yeah. but you know, context gives meaning. I guess uh, so. Um, on um, we we have another really good sentence here, um, which is when. After Drake, after Draco chases Ebony into Professor Snape's classroom, he's completely naked. You have Professor Snape saying, or, or you have Professor Snape looking aghast, and she says, all caps, Vampire Potter, you motherfucker. Because as she says, 
He had a really big you-know-what, but I was too mad to care. Yeah, it hung like a Stallone. Mm-hmm, exactly, exactly. Um, Chapter 8, uh, it says it's not what you think. Turns out it's exactly what she thinks. Um, That she he, he they dated at one point. This is one of those controversies that just kind of goes away. Um, and then later resurfaces when Vampire Potter is clearly de- jealous that they're together. Um, a thing that, you know, I was hoping we, we would see some resolution, but I think Vampire Potter is just kind of, uh, you know, he's kind of left to be melancholy. He's left yes. to be on his own, much like he should have been at the end of the Harry Potter books. If they, if, <laughs> if that, that would have been, that would have been a bolder choice. But, it would have um, been. It would have been. But, um, but it's, it's worth noting here as well. This is where, uh, Hermione Bloody Mary Smith uh, yes. is introduced. Why did he? Um, why why Bloody Mary for Hermione? Is Hermione Hermione's name's Hermione Granger? What's even the correlation between Bloody Mary Smith and Hermione Granger? Uh, Bloody Mary, you know, ghost, uh, you know, murdered murdered woman, you know, it's it's edgy. Um, I, I it's just so hard for me to see even what I think she just like gave up on even trying to connect the two names. She's like, yeah, and this is Hermione. The cure is not mentioned anywhere in the story, but I but the first thing I think of when I see Smith is Robert Smith. So there's that possible connection. Um, there's the mention that she quote lost her virility to Draco. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Oh yeah, you know, I mean her dick fell right off. It was tragic. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, it's so and also you know what? so she flips her long <laughs> she flips her long waistlet waist-length gothic black hair and opened her crimson eyes like blood that she was wearing contact lenses on so this isn't the first time <laughs> this isn't the first time that somebody's uh that somebody's been described as opening opening their eyes after they're smiling by the way my friend, <laughs> my friend bloody mary smith smiled at me understatedly again so it's so easy to go off on tangents because there's so much to unpack here but i love the understatedly right i yeah. love the sprinkling of completely inappropriate uh adverbs that's so um, uh, that's like that 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 goes transcends even the fan fiction space that's just something that bad writers do oh yeah yeah, yeah. but again there's so there's there's so many sort of there's so many sort of rhyming things here that it's it makes me one it, it makes me wonder some of this some of this is probably accidental, but it makes me wonder if some of it's not deliberate, to be sure. Understatedly, um, yeah. It, it makes me think of when I went back, and it's all just completely gone now, um, but I used to write fan fiction on uh, Star Wars, the Clone Wars forums, and um, I it was, it was all adverbs. I mean, I'm telling you, it was like 50% adverbs. It was yeah. unbelievable. And a lot of hair. For some reason, people like to describe how long hair is. Don't know why, but people really like waist length. That that's a that's a pretty common thing. Yeah, because you know, when you I mean when you get into when you get into writing, you know, what you want what you want is to um is to describe so accurately, so specifically what you're seeing in your head. Mm-hmm. And what you learn as you go on is okay, so what's important to depict? What am I going to let people fill in the blanks of, you know, and you sort of and you sort of uh, learn the cadence, you learn the rhythm of it that way. Right. Um, but chapter, not here, baby. Yeah. In chapter nine, our antagonist shows up all of a sudden, a horrible man with red eyes and no nose and everything started flying towards me on a broomstick. He didn't have a nose, basically like Voldemort in the movie. And he was wearing all black, but it was obvious he wasn't gothic. It was Voldemort. <laughs> basically like Voldemort in the movie. Yes, <laughs> it was Voldemort, Voldemort like Voldemort. There's a there's a brief uh, there's a brief battle where she gets the better of Voldemort's, you know, by she, yelling Crookshanks, which I yes. believe is the name of Hermione's cat. In the book. It is. It is. Yeah. Yes. Yes. The malapropism. There is an actual name like and and notably like 
we're getting into canon here, of course, but he hits her with the Imperious Curse, so she has to do what he says, but yeah. then she's still capable of casting the fucking torture spell on him. Yeah. She's and just she, that powerful. I felt bad for him, even though I'm a sadist, so I stopped. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't stop later. They torture some people a lot later in this text. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they get into it. Um you know, in in as much detail as, as this person's capable of mustering here. Uh, and then Voldemort speaks, like, archaically for some yeah, reason. Yeah, it's really, like, I have telekinesis. <laughs> yes, yes. That's, 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 that is the line that, for me, encapsulates most. You look at it, and, you know, you can't tell me that that was not deliberate. Like, that's because, so funny, dude. Because what's, what, what's every fucking smug internet dude going to be like, oh, uh, telekinesis is uh, is moving stuff with your mind. Telepathy is reading your mind. You yeah. know, it's, it's such red meat. <laughs> I have telekinesis. And he 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 oh. and, and the evil plan here, of course, is that Voldemort wants wants her to kill Vampire Potter, and he gives With her a gun. gun. Yes, which he should have done in the books. To be fair, in the books, you know, should have whipped out a gun if he wasn't a coward. I mean, canonically, you know, fucking Rowling has said it herself: a muggle with a shotgun beats a wizard with a killing curse every time. No, oh, yeah, light work, light work. Um, chapter ten, she opens up by being really, really mad about people not liking the story. Also, also, just in the in this previous chapter, she thinks to herself, "Well, you know, what if what if vampire? What if uh, Draco got the vampire tattoo while they were going out, and then they broke up?" Yeah. Which is something that's been on our mind since fucking two chapters ago, which is like five minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, things just kind of come in and out of the brain. Um, in chapter 10, she was really scared about Vladimir all day. Um, then she gets together with her gothic heavy metal band, Bloody Gothic Rose 666, and it's her Coming and Vampire. Coca-Cola Roxy. Yeah, it's her and Vampire and Draco and uh, Ron who is, I think, called Diablo and, and Bloody Mary. Uh, and they and, and Hagrid, who is, like, called Hargid a lot. Hagrid's Hagrid, in the band, isn't Hargid, he? Hargid, Hagrid, Hagrid. Hagrid, who is just, like, in is just a teenager in the school in this, to be clear. Um, for And just kind of a guy who at one point has a crush on her. Unclear. Um, but their band, it's a cross between... Uh, GC Slipknot and MCR, like you said, co coming coming to the Coca Cola Roxy. Um, I guarantee you, I should have looked this up ahead of time. I guarantee you, there's some people who have made some like music, some like bloody Gothic Rose six 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 music out oh, there. One hundred percent. Um, and I'm gonna be looking it up as soon as I get off of this call. I mean, people people have made um, people made a video series um, um, based on this. Like actual, actual fucking like filmed uh, my they immortal. really? Oh yeah, oh yeah. That's it's like fantastic a series, I think. Um, well, she also put on a black leather shirt that showed off my boobs and tiny matching mini skirt that said "Simple Plan" on the butt. You might think I'm a slut, but I'm really not. Ah, <laughs> uh, just, just you know, constant, constant, and again, you know, not to, not to slut shame, but like she sleeps with the entire cast and <laughs> repeatedly insists that she's not a slut, like. Again, no problem sleeping with sleeping with whoever you want to, but she's weirdly insecure about it. Yeah, you know, well, you know, it's the you go back to the archetype of like the good girl who's also a bad girl, but she remains good. But like, yeah, it's 
you know, you run you run up against a lot of that. We'll we'll get into like some YA at some point, and that and that there's like a lot of contradictions like in very serious YA that like that comes out of. I'm like thinking of like Katniss or Triss or a character like that who mm -hmm. can't just like exist as a character who has to be a slut or not a slut. Um, I know that's more serious than this is actually trying to engage with, but mm -hmm. that is actually a thing that like unfortunately is like incumbent incumbent upon like young women in fiction, yes. especially this type of fiction that's going to be discussed to death on internet circles of people who are in their teens to early twenties. That cause that is just going to be the discourse around it. Mm -hmm. Um, which sucks. Uh it sucks a lot. But in this, it's obviously it's a joke, but I don't know tangent on tangent right yeah well i mean you know it, it again there are elements of of reality in this uh in this bizarre in this bizarro world um and i will say of course it's we we um we make fun of the um we make fun of the pop culture references you know the obvious uh placement of you know various uh products and whatnot um it does speak to something to something genuine in um in developing writers, you know, just, just anecdotally, you know, you'll throw in, Oh, you know, the character was listening to this particular, uh, this particular song that I quite like. And it's not as, it's not as in your face as it's, uh, as it's made out to be here. But I mean, you know, I'm, I am guilty of putting in, you know, ripped from the rate, you know, that sort of rip from the radio shit just as a like fun yeah. detail. No, literally. I mean, we, we just mentioned Gideon the ninth earlier. How many memes does Gideon the ninth just quote verbatim that were popular at the time of it writing? This oh, yeah. is done by like books that are successful. So like it is a thing. And it certainly happens with like, you know, lesser authors. Obviously, you know, the leaning on the pop culture reference is a, a thing that happens a lot. It's usually like reference humor is one of the lowest forms of humor, but it does happen. Um mm -hmm. So, you know, we, we, we only, we have our influences. Um, at the end of this chapter, uh, Draco commits suicide because she yells at him. He's then just, just like back pretty soon. Um, uh, it never really explains. He turns out he was kidnapped by Dumbledore. I don't know how he, I don't know how he, uh, I don't know how he slit his wrists and they saw him dead, and then he's kidnapped by Voldemort, and I don't know that that get explained. Oh, yes, yes, Voldemort has him bondage, famously. But in chapter 11, it says, this chapter, it delves with really serious issues. So, just worth noting, it, this chapter deals with really serious issues. Too. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, really, really sensitively handles suicide. Um, very sensitive. The Lincoln, anyway, Lincoln Park song, yeah. Anyway, I started crying tears of blood, and then I slit both of my wrists. They got all over my clothes, so I took them off and jumped into the bath angrily while I put on a Lincoln Park song at full volume. I grabbed a stake, S-T-E-A-K, uh, -E and almost stuck it into my heart to commit suicide. I was so fucking depressed. I got out of the bathtub and put on a black low-cut dress with lace all over it, sandly. Uh, it's, yeah, I guess it was gritty, and it gets everywhere. You know? It's good. I, I, so she's slit her wrists. She's all she's jumped into the bath to almost kill herself. She puts on six pairs of skull earrings. Then yeah, <laughs> she just she just you know puts it behind her and you know dresses up again. Um, then I looked out the window and screamed. Snap was spying on me, and he was taking a videotape of me. And Lupin Double O was masticating to it. They were sitting on their broomsticks. I will say, no, apparently Lupin is looking at the videotape that's like being live taped. Like, if you read this, he's not looking at her. He's actually looking at presumably like the little camcorder screen connected to, um, which is an interesting detail. 
Um, and then, you know, she pulls up the power of Marilyn Manson's. You have Abracadabra. He yelled um, at Abra, uh, Vampire. Yeah, Vampire Potter comes in. He yells, Abracadabra. He yelled at Snape and Lupin pointing his womb, which presumably is supposed to mean wand. And then you have Hagrid ran outside on his broom. Uh, what do you know, Hagrid? I may be a Hogwarts student, but I am also a Satan. <laughs> Said Hargirid. Hargirid paused angrily. The, uh, uh, my other favorite line, of course, this cannot be, Snap said in a crisp voice as blood dripped from his hand where Dumbledore's wand had shot him. There must be other factors. That's a pretty, that's a pretty good, uh, pretty good Snape, pretty good Alan Rickman there. Rest um, in peace. Um, um, Lupin holds up the camera triumphantly. She it's... hates Lupin in this. Mm. Lu- Lupin gets... <laughs> Which, if we want to really, if we want to extend the AIDS metaphor. Oh, um, God, yeah. <laughs> uh, apparently, and, and I hate this, I will say, like, uh, not not in this. In in I hate J.K. Rowling doing this. But she was like, oh, yeah, Lupin in the books was always meant to be an AIDS metaphor, which fucking drives me crazy. That's an insane thing Ooh. to say. Um, mm-hmm. That That's an insane choice. And I guarantee you she did not think that. She just wrote a werewolf character, which is fine. Um but but if you really want to stretch things out here, uh, this book is, uh, let's say maybe, or this this text is is predicting J.K. Rowling's uh, changed stance towards Lupin later in later years. This oh yeah, the mind of this writer, the mind of Bloody Wrist six six six, cannot be understated. Well, and it's uh, speaking of predictions as well. Um, there's an author's note further into the story where. Um, it's the same one where she's like, oh, you know, maybe this will be revealed about Snape killing Dumbledore, right? Mm-hmm. And incredibly, she also predicts Harry dying and coming back to life mm-hmm. and that helping defeat Voldemort because he was a horcrux. Seven, book seven was not out of this time. Yeah. Nobody had any way of knowing that, you know? This like, is was, J.K. Rowling. <laughs> yeah, she was she was almost right about J.K. Rowling, but she's a transphobe, not a homophobe. Yeah. Although, I mean, you know, it's... Yeah, it's, not too far. Yeah, not too, not too far. The... Again, though, like just anecdotally, there was the the culture of speculation and of fan theories was so vibrant around around this fandom. Like I remember after uh, book six comes out, right, and we read this, there was a website that my family and I followed religiously called uh, called uh, DumbledoreIsNotDead.com, which mm-hmm. collated all sorts of uh, fan theories about you know. Oh, is this a big conspiracy? Is Dumbledore going to come back? Is Snape actually on the side of good? Which, eh, ish, ish, kind of, sorta. But yeah, and that's and that's what's fun about following this sort of thing as it's coming out, right? And again, it's 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 speculative. It's it's speculative in nature. Is fan fiction, it, you know, in addition to just um, just practicing your craft, right? And. Um, it is it, it is something that you really have to be there for. Absolutely. Also, I just want to update. I just got a text from my spouse hearing overhearing from the next room saying we should dress as Draco and Vampire Potter for Halloween. So mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll see about that. Oh, 100 um, percent. Oh, with a little fucking uh, pentagram uh, uh, scar. That'd be excellent. Yes. Um, later on, we have um, a spell that turns out to be an MCR. It's one of my favorites. 
Oh, he yes. pointed his wand at the pink roses. These aren't roses. He suddenly looked at them with an evil look in his eye and muttered, well, if you wanted honesty, that's all you had to say. That's not a spell. That's an MCR song. I corrected him wisely. <laughs> I thought that was self. I corrected him wisely. <laughs> second use of second use of wisely. Earlier, Draco was crying wisely. I love to cry wisely. Mm-hmm. It's it's the mark of a, it's the mark of a, somebody who's truly comfortable in their masculinity or some shit. I don't know. Yeah, they have something with hair grid getting mad. Now you you have a, a she puts on blackfish high heeled boots with pictures of Billy Joel Armstrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh and then bloody mary says you look kawaii girl <laughs> so she 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 rags on um she rags on um avril lavigne a lot in this um and her fuck avril lavigne's song hello kitty which which uh, riffs heavily on uh, japanese uh, like kawaii culture had not come out it wouldn't come out until 2013 there but it does oh kind God. of in, it does kind of anticipate this because you know i mean the the fascination with japanese pop culture is older than this certainly mm-hmm. well yeah and you have later on you have uh the professor trelawney stand in saying konnichiwa bitches who is tr- <laughs> konnichiwa bitches <laughs> oh, so dear. good now if i had you know hundreds of billions of dollars i would not use it to destroy the Amazon rainforest, I would pay the original cast of Harry Potter, um, and the whole crew that made the movies to uh, recreate this. There, there is a clip of Harry. I forget which um, talk show this is on, but you can easily find it. Daniel Radcliffe and Ray Fiennes, who played Harry Potter and Voldemort in the films, read fan fiction. Oh, that's of, fantastic! Yeah, of Harry and uh, of Harry and Voldemort getting it on. Fantastic. Speaking it's, of getting it on, yes. uh, Ebony and um, Vampire Potter, they start to screw each other, but get interrupted by Professor McGoogle. I believe McGonagall. McGoogle um, is saying, my name. Yeah, stop you horny simpletons. Um, let's see. Let's see. Chapter. Okay. Look, I, the, 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 a lot of things will happen. Um, you know, they rec- they recommend there's there's the uh, 13, 13, of course, you know, it kind of Dumbledore, Dumbledore. We both, it kind yeah, of resolves yeah. the um, I mean, in the books, in the books, you know, it's, you know, how do we how do we find Voldemort? How do we find the um, the pe- people serving him? You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of tracking people down. Um, you have I don't give a darn what Voldemort does to Draco. Which uh, I mean, it's it's that sort of cavalier uh, attitude that's uh, everything's much easier in this story because at the end of chapter thirteen, um, Draco has an uh, no, not Draco, um, fucking vampire has an idea. Yeah, what? I asked just... him. You'll see, he said. He took out his wand and did a spell. Then suddenly, we were in Voldemort's lair. <laughs> we ran in with our wands out just as we heard a croon voice say. Ala Cadavra. <laughs> Voldemort's a uh, 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 conversion to Islam arc, apparently. Like, yeah, it'd be interesting. Also, this next one starts off with warning: some of this chapter is extremely scary. Viewer excretion advice. Uh, we 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 advise we advise viewer excretion. You know, just just it's important to stay regular. This is the chapter where Peter Pettigrew gets aged down so that he can be a perv and get rejected, but not oh, yes. be a perv pedophile. Which she she wants to distinguish between because only Lupin can be in and Snip can be can oh be. of course of course there's a there's, uh, there, there's a strictly like two or three pedo limit Pet, Pettigrew being named uh, Snake Tail in this which is good 
Um, let's see. In this, he is 16 years old. Yeah. <laughs> Nob, I love you. Yeah. Um, what the fuck? You torture my boyfriend, then expect me to fuck you. God, you are so fucked up, you fucking bastard. I stabbed him in the heart. Blood poured out of it like a fountain. No. no he's yeah. And he fell down, and she brushed into tears sadly. Voldemort wears high heels, apparently, according to this. That's next, really uh, good. Uh, he does. That's a sleigh. Hell yeah. That's a sleigh. Yeah, you slay. He had a sex pack describing Draco. That's pretty good. There, there you go. Because he's so sexy. Which is literally in the text, by the way. That is not Joss riffing. That is just in the text. Uh, which is which is just fantastic. I love these little asides. Um, she, oh, yeah. She gets all... She gets all angsty about, uh, were you going to read about uh, her? Um, yeah, like, just everybody yep. likes her. She says, I'm good at too many things. Why couldn't I have been born uglier? Yes. Why couldn't yeah. Satan have made me less beautiful? She's Having says. a satanic Cordelia Chase moment. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to, the after this part, um, I feel like this part is where like my, where my like think of the book, I think of like kind of up to here or so. There's like a lot more shit that happens, and we we can definitely like talk about it. But like, I just want to like know it gets like increasingly less like. Not that this has been coherent, but it gets increasingly less coherent as it goes along. Like, yeah, there's a there's a chapter that gets like repeated for some reason. Yeah, they go to a concert, and then there's a reveal, and then they're not at the concert anymore. And I guess it's supposed to be a flashback. Um, because the death dealers are pretending to be my chemical romance, the death uh, dealers being the death eaters. Death dealers, which notably, I mean, in a later chapter, she's wearing a like leather jumpsuit, kind of like fucking um Celine from Underworld. You know, if you haven't seen it, get out of here, she says. So she's aware of Underworld. She's aware of other people called death dealers. Right. And you have like um you have like Introduce a guy named Tom, I think Tom Riddle, that sells clothes at like a hot topic, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not Voldemort, it's just another guy with that name. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then he's like thinks she's hot, but then he's just he doesn't become anything. When was the um, last time that you went uh clothes shopping and then the person working at the store gave your clothes to you for free because you look so good at them? That happens every single time to me personally. God, you magnificent, magnificent, handsome bastard. So true. So true. Um, and like Bloody Mary said, yeah, it looks totly hot. Totly the salesperson hot. who's yeah, its name is Tom Ridd. My bad. Tom Ridd. Which rid is of what? Ta- rid of Voldemort, who he's supposed to be, but he just uh, just never becomes. Notably, this text doesn't finish, though. It's worth noting. Um, I know we haven't gotten there yet, but notably, when this gets to the end, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it, it she the author does go on vacation, so it's possibly Tom Tom Rid was going to be revealed as the true villain all along. But the this text doesn't actually reach a conclusion. So sorry yeah, for anyone on the edge of their seat. The narrative is not as tight as uh, as it might be. Well, that was all going to be, you know, tied together perfectly, but the but she went on locate on vacation to Dubya, um, which presumably some people presume is Dubai, um, but <laughs> it's hard to know for sure. Yeah, it's and this is this is the part of the story where we're about halfway through. Um, not in terms of word count, certainly, because the chapters get longer and longer. Yeah, we're on page um, nineteen of sixty-two at this point. But at this time, the author's notes get like increasingly adversarial with Raven and like they have their falling out and they make up like a couple of chapters later, which again, it I happens. 
yeah you know and i don't i don't know how real that uh, dispute is it reads like something that's that you know if you subscribe to the multiple authors theory at this point i am at i imagine the conversation like okay the uh the the novelty is wearing thin why don't we why don't we have these characters like like uh break up briefly these friends break up briefly in the office yeah it'd be funny but it evolves in another way once Raven makes her uh, makes her triumphant return to uh, to Bloody Wrist Six Six Six's Tara's life, um, which is that it starts getting a plot. A little bit, which, yeah. Which plot is um, there's this uh, there's this uh, prophecy that the that our Trelawney stand in um, is privy to. Well, it's weird, right? Because Ebony has the vision, and then Trelawney kind of explains it. Um, this character who is Trelawney slash Professor Sinistra, who is an unseen character in the books, not really clear, but it transpires that Ebony has to go back in time to when Voldemort was at, uh, Hogwarts and seduce him. So he turns good because he was unloved. And so that's why he became Voldemort. Oh, but it happens inside, I think, the Pensieve, which is a memory seer. So, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of concepts that are kind of running into each other. This also happens right as Dumbledore decides he wants to be goth and redesigns the uh, redesigns the main hall, the great hall to be goth. And he starts wearing eyeliner and trying to look younger, um, making him a poser, making him a huge poser, which is unfortunate because he doesn't know the songs. He doesn't know any of it. Um, I, I think. Whose idea is it for her to go back in time? Is it the, like the Trelawney stand-in that ran that she like randomly curses at a lot? I, I like, believe affectionately. I'm I'm scrolling through here trying to fucking look for it. Um, she has a dream about uh, Sirius and uh, Lucian, which is supposed to be Lucius Malfoy dying. Um, I yeah. believe it's the I believe it's the Trelawney character. Yeah, there's like. Uh yeah she she that's um I think that part is the uh is the blade reference yeah uh, yes and, yes yeah where she she has a dream that Lucian Malfoy and Sirius Black are inexplicably shot by a gun toting quote black guy and then she says I'm not racist which I'm pretty sure is a reference to Blade like the Wesley Snipe movies that were oh man out. don't you don't you hate it when you do a racist thing like mentioning a black character <laughs> yeah it gets it gets problematic when you immediately say afterwards <laughs> you run it back. But yeah, the president or Professor Sinatra slash Trelawney slash Sinatra, uh, another joke that I liked. Uh, Remus Lupin and Snape. There's a part where they're where they she catches them having sex with each other, um, and she records it and she uses that as like blackmail. But sometimes she's their friend, and sometimes Snape's trying to kidnap them. It's a little unclear. Uh, Dobby shows up once and is just watching in the Great Hall. Um, there, there are a lot of things going on, and even the going back in time. Um, she goes back, meets Tom, young Tom Riddle, who calls himself Satan. Um, she refers to him as Tom Anderson and Tom Bombadil and Stan at different times. Um, and he's the band with James Potter, Severus Snape, Sirius Black, and Lucius Malfoy. James Potter, who takes the name Samero after Samara from The Ring. Yeah, that one. That one. Uh... That was pretty good. It starts to get like, the references start to get a little more high effort. How many more chapters even get names? Like chapter twenty-seven gets a name. I'm thinking of that. Like vampires will never hurt you is chapter twenty-seven's name. Uh, chapter thirty-five is Ghost of You, spelled mm-hmm. Ghost of U. That's of good. Uh, and, oh. I, and if it sounds like we're falling apart here, it's just this. 
it's it's hard to keep up with. Like it's just well, kind of saying stuff at this point. I mean, you know, as as the Harry Potter se- as we grew up with the Harry Potter series, you know, so do we so do we break down with the story, you know? Yeah, I mean, like you just get to the point where, you know, they're just changing clothes every 5 seconds and Bloody Mary is just saying, "You look fucking kawaii, bitch." Fangs, I said. Okay, back in Tim, but she was already back in Tim. Uh it's uh, then I jumped sexily into Da Pensieve. It's just it's that it, it's that bit in that one episode of Buffy where like the robot like stepdad breaks down and like starts, you know, it's it's the it's the linguistic version of that. Right. Mm-hmm. Because you see more and more of uh, oh Count Chorcula. I'm wearing black Cronverse shoes. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was drinking a portent. Actually, actually, portent is pretty consistent. She consistently spells potion portent. Yeah, um, uh, there's. Trelawney gets addicted to like Voldemort drink. Oh yeah, uh, Vol- Voldemort serum, which is supposed to be like Veritas serum, which is like the stuff that makes you forget stuff. I think no, the Veritas serum is um is what makes you tell the truth. Oh uh, okay okay. Wait, I, 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 I'm addicted to stuff that makes me tell the truth. Like which, that's deep. That's I deep. mean, I mean, you could you could definitely read that as a uh, as an alcohol uh, analog, right? In vino veritas, you know, I drink yeah. and then I vent, yeah. Chapter, uh, chapter, then there's like chapter 36, which has one of my favorite openings, which is I looked around in a depressed way. Suddenly I saw Professor Sinister, Bloody Mary, Socrates, and Draco. Socrates, <laughs> oh, which, who, who I imagine is in the act of drinking hemlock. Yeah, presumably, but I think is supposed to be serious. <laughs> one can only one can only assume uh all there there is one more uh notable introduction actually in the previous chapter oh is there uh, morty mcfly uh yeah there's the time tr- the time machine ipod right yes yes marty mcfly or morty mcfly uh exclamation point one in this story he was wearing a, a black band t-shirt and black baggy jeans and he's helping ebony go forward in time uh, he has a black time machine, which is, you know, it's black, so it's gothic, and it's not as DeLorean, it's just, like, something portable, and then, like, several people have these for no uh, adequately explained reason. You, you get the sense that uh, that the author's trying to, trying to wrap this up in, um, they're trying to wrap this up quickly, but in a way that just raises so many more questions. The author does have, um, like, one really good, more trick, a couple more good tricks up their sleeve, though. First of all is the introduction of Professor Sluthorn. Um <laughs> <laughs> which, you know, just think just think uh fucking Jim Broadbent playing somebody called Sluthorn. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. There's not much more to that. He's just like there. And then this uh the introduction of the hacker character. The hacker who takes character. over the narrative. Oh yes, yes, because somebody somebody says, Oh yeah, I hacked this uh, girl's password, it was super easy. And then they post a couple of chapters, like uh, making fun of uh, making fun of her. Uh, Chapter thirty nine. I am a trolling genius. Lolz. Which that's, that's the new. That's the that's like kind of the last trick this thing has up its sleeve. Do you buy this as a legit hacker? No, 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 not at all. It's funny though. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm I'm not calling myself a trolling genius. You know, I'm if if I'm in this guy's head, you know, I'm. I'm just, uh, you know, maybe I'll post the uh, the like you know, deprecating sort of um, sort of riff on the on the pros certainly, but 
you know, I'm not going to draw attention to myself. I'm sorry. It's something I had to do to fulfill my duty as the noble Gothic Mary Sue. Satan sobbed. I love you, Ebony. I love you too. I'll, I'll see you in hell. It starts to be like the grammar starts to be mostly correct. Ebony dies and goes to a hell, goes to hell. Everyone sings ding dong. The Sue is dead. Um, and in hell, uh, Ebony is forced to wear um, a denim miniskirt, a bright pink polo with a seagull on it um and like leggings with a little moose and a, a a bag with an eagle that says live your life and no matter what she does she keeps ripping them off and just more abercrombie and fitch american eagle and hollister brands stuff is underneath her um and no matter what she does she's just stuck in this eternal hell where she's um forced to be a prep and then she oh, says this is unlogical and does not make any sense um Ebony bellowed out to the air. She failed to see the irony of her statement, how hypocritical her words were, seeing as she was practically calling the kettle black here. Um, Ebony slit her wrist and mumbled to herself, oh my God, end crap thick. Crucially not, oh my Satan. Yes. So that's a a moment of submission there. But then the original text just kind of takes back over. Um, I guess I, I don't really understand what the explanation for that is supposed to be. I guess um, she just gets her uh, gets her account back. The 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 troll quote unquote gets bored and um which again, you know, why not just lock her out of her account if you're if you're gonna do this? And it just kind of ends with them having a gigantic uh standoff in the Latin uh, standoff, they call it. Yeah, Latin standoff, and the last line of the fix is abracadabra, a bunch of exclamation points, then ones. I do you shoot think- it. Do you think that they're saying Latin standoff because they're like, oh, like, what if it's racist if I call it a Mexican standoff? That it could be that. I think it's a play on the fact that they're using Latin words in their curses. Aha. Uh-huh. I think it's actually a little bit clever, like one percent kind of. It's kind of. I mean, clever is one thing. It's 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 goofy, but I think it's like Mexican standoff, but with yelling Latin phrases. This was this was a. This is a really interesting part of um, the Harry Potter uh, fandom culture to me, because we get a little bit of a um, glimpse of the outside world in Rowling's text, but not very much. Um, but there's stories where people delve into magical traditions of other countries and of cor- of other regions, other cultures. And of course, you know, not every not everywhere would gener- would be. Uh, would necessarily use latin for their words uh for their words for their magic words for their spells right there's a there's a really there's a really bloody um but pretty good uh fanfic that's about like the student body resisting um resisting the uh army of voldemort in book seven and one of the things that they learn to like fight back and really and really take the fight to them is I think it's Seamus Finnegan who's like, oh, you know, like my ancestors have some really, some really nasty Celtic curses that we can learn, and so that was interesting. That was interesting to, uh, you know, it's that's the thing about fan fiction, right? You have endless territory to bring your own expertise and your own experience and to build on this world in a way that that the author never could have imagined, you know. And it's not even, and it's not a failing of the author that they didn't imagine it, you know, because they they bring their own experience to it. Um, I mean, where it is where it is a failing, of course, is where she posts a fucking map that's like <laughs> the world divided into eleven magical schools, and like mm-hmm. half of Asia is one. You know, like yeah, and it's boring and not interesting, and you try too hard. I guess that's like, and we could end up talking about the actual Harry Potter at some point. 
in in this sort of world right there 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 are there are different types of fantasy and like you know to to be back to like sincerity for a second here um there are different types of fantasy worlds and some lend themselves to like game of thrones style obsessive detail um and that's if the author is capable of martin levels of obsessive detail there are stories like harry potter and there's plenty of them and there needs to be more of them where it's just kind of ambiguous and there's just kind of questions and that's fine and the more questions you answer about like the world uh the sometimes the like the less interesting it gets and these fan fiction subcultures can fill in the gaps in very interesting ways yes um there's a lot of examples of this um i think someone who's done this very effectively uh is rick riordan uh with the Mm -hmm. Percy jackson books because he started introducing new mythology into the same world and saying, oh, yeah, no, no, the Egyptian gods are still a, th- are a thing in this world and the Norse gods. And then he started allowing other people from different cultures because he said he didn't feel like equipped to write like about other like certain cultures, like letting them write Rick Riordan presents books. And like mm-hmm. those gods are in the world. And he doesn't say, oh, here's the breakdown of it. This amount of spirits go to this afterlife. He's just like, yeah, no, it's all of them. It's, it's just all of them. And there's perception and something. Um, and like, and people like, and, and, and as someone who was like heavily involved in these fan fiction spaces, we fucking loved that. We were like, that's, that, that's right. You, you need like kind of one or the other. Um, and unfortunately, like there is this like obsession with like detail. And I think that some of that comes from like, also comes from online, comes from like, well, what's your language? Well, what's your geography? Well, what's your mm-hmm. whatever? And there's a level of like annoyingness to that online. There's like an annoying type of like someone calls the Reddit writer who doesn't have like a plot structure, but does have like a language they've made for their book. Yes. And it's like, you know, uh, that then that's a whole different thing. But, you know, it makes me think of that, um, which I know I'm like way off on a tangent at this point. But it's, uh, you know, it's it's connected, I think. Uh, could get into a whole other tangent about Star Wars Legends, but also makes me think of Legends vs. Canon and uh, why Star Wars was so much more magical um, when it just was fucking batshit. Sometimes that's what you need. Just Back just in the day the when there was... I distinctly remember in sixth grade reading a book about... Um, I don't remember who the protagonist was, but it involved uh, Boba Fett... Uh, as like a major side character, and he was fighting like a bunch of zombies that Doctor Evazan had created. You I know, think it was fucking... T- Tales from Jabba's Palace, probably. Maybe, it was probably maybe the second. It was. it was probably Tales from Jabba's Palace too, because they released Star a bunch Wars? of. Sh- they released a lot of short stories. Yes. Um, and that would have been yeah. I think that's one of the tomes of J- Tales of Jabba's Palace. Star Wars um, zombies. Yeah, there, you'd have to narrow it down because there's a lot. Um, well, inc- and, the, and different and types too. And again, you know, like it's it's it sounds like the sort of thing that um, that you that you would see only in the fan fiction space. But again, you know, like the the Star Wars expanded universe was massive, like even mm-hmm. even less even less curated than um, than fucking Star Trek. Just about anything went. I would say it's probably equally levels of curation to this <laughs> to my immortal. Uh, it's that level of curation. Um Oh man, do a Wikipedia dive sometimes. <laughs> Folks, you might hear a cut here, and that's because we kind of paused it to do a couple things. One's to, you know, bathroom break, as, as one does, but also to kind of say, like, how are we going to land this thing? Where is this thing going? Because we have wandered all over the place. Now, like, this episode obviously is just for fun. Oh, the whole podcast is just for fun, but this episode to like an insane extent because it is as you can tell, baffling to talk about, fun as it is. And the question was, you know, 
where do we go? What do we draw? What do we say? And, you know, how, how do we get off this ride that is my immortal? And Joss, I think you might have some thoughts on that. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, Alan Moore um, famously said, you know, read bad books, you know, read something terrible, you know, just marinate in awful prose and um, and, you know, ridiculous adverbs and that sort of thing. And if you're a creative type, you don't return to these time and time again just to, you know, shit on somebody's, you know, efforts. Some of these, some of the stuff may be sincere, right? Mm -hmm. And you don't return to it out of malice. You don't return to it out of spite. You're not, you know, one of those people who's in the reviews saying, oh, you know, never write again. You know, you laugh at it. You laugh at what's done wrong or what's done weird with a view to thinking to yourself, okay, so how would I do it? Right? Why is this funny to me? You know, it's, and crucially, what am I seeing and what am I laughing at that I am guilty of? You know, you compare yourself to yourself, certainly, and you see yourself in, you know, other people's creative processes, you know, as a way to sort of, uh, to sort of recognize that, yeah, you know, being creative is a process and we don't all start good at it. You know, we may luck into uh, we may luck into uh, uh, really good beats here and there. Cool. Latch onto those, grow from it, strip away the old stuff that doesn't work so well. It's uh, and, and and most importantly, you know, just just have fun with it. Mm, right? it's, I, yeah, I have any number of things that I would that I've written that I would go back and laugh at. You know, there was a, a, one of my favorite uh, Dragon Con panels recently, right? You um you go up and you read a like five hundred word sample of uh, of your old shit and everybody kind of uh, good naturedly laughs at it because we've all been there you know yeah no I I mean I'm speaking as someone here who like I, I've told stories the fan fiction I wrote I spent quite a long time you won't find it but I ran a pretty successful micro blog where people would commission me to write um fights between superheroes and fictional characters and I was obsessive about it and like the prose oh, was. Well, the prose was bad. Like, I don't, I don't even like, it was requests that then turned into commissions because there were like so many people who were like really enjoying reading it. But like, there was this community. Uh, this was, this was, by the way, on the website Quora. I had a microblog on the website Quora before it absolutely devolved into just like bot hell. Um, this was like, I, I won't say early, but when there was like a subculture on there that people were submitting questions to me on there, wanting me to write a story between these superheroes fighting. Um, and it got to the point where people would literally pay me like, no, no, you got to put mine at the top of the list here. Right. This isn't because um, me who was writing under a pen name that I won't say in case there's some way that you can find us. Um, it's not because they were like so good. Right. It's not because my analysis was so amazing. I put a lot of effort into it, but I was it was goofy. What it was was there was like a community that had built around it, and people knew that I was going to put analysis in. I was going to put time in. I was going to put explanations in. And yeah, it would be like adverb heavy, and my grammar would be bad, and the characters would talk like fucking um, AI versions of themselves. Um, probably. They would talk like they'd just quote themselves from comics and movies just spliced into my narrative. But there would then be my explanation for why I felt that way. And then there would be comments after comments and discussions and forums and people writing literally like like counter thesis, like writing their own stories counter to it, explaining why it would have gone that way. I mean, we were just doing like polemics out here about whether mm -hmm. Captain America 
um, could, you know, beat Bat- Batman in a fight. Um, like people were straight up and like it got nasty sometimes because again, it's the internet, <laughs> but like the fact that I was able to be, it's, uh, it's a type of earnestness that I find myself wishing I could like recapture, um, and trying to recapture. Um, and we live in an incredibly just like cynical, hyper ironic world. And like my immortal, obviously there's a lot of irony here. There's a lot of you know, making fun of this thing itself here. And that's fun. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. And irony is also fine. We'll talk about like people, like some postmodernist writers at some point that are genuinely good, despite their, my problems with their ideology. Um, But I I guess what I'm saying is, may I have the, uh, the, the rhetorical and prose skills of David Foster Wallace and the the earnestness of um, bloody wrist six 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 or whatever yes. on a on a forum you know yes uh, that I'm trying you know because uh, you know I, I cite David Foster Wallace you know as an example of a postmodernist you know someone who who's this amazing amazing writer just his his text is unbelievably good and he himself is seeking endlessly to be like where am I being sincere where am I not being referential where am I in obsessing over like am I referencing something earlier am I trying to be too cute is this too cute by half am I thinking I'm deep here is this fake deep is this real deep and and it, it's interesting and it's miserable <laughs> and it sucks um, and it's the curse of living it's the curse of living in an internet age where everything is available and any idea we can have is at least tangentially similar to something someone else had but i think of these fan fiction communities like honestly as dog shit as a lot of it is there is there like lives on this like earnest flame and sometimes it has and 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 real original cool stuff comes out of that and we talked about it in our Gideon the ninth episode um, and there's many more and there's many more who are writing their silly fan fiction right now who are going to be the next generation of great writers. Um, and some of them will write silly prose and someone will write will their next Harry Potter and hopefully not be end up being transphobic. And some of them will write, you know, great socialist novels that inspire the workers as we rise up against capitalism. And who knows? And the writer of My Immortal if you're one of the people who've claimed it or if you're someone else, I hope you're out there and uh, um, I hope you are working on the uh, piece of fiction that saves us all. How's that? <laughs> Amen. Oh, you know, and that's, that's the thing, you know, it's, will we ever find out who wrote it? I don't think so. I think this stands alone as sort of a, a again, a genuine piece of outsider art that in its own weird way, it serves as a as a fun distillation of what it is to be finding yourself creatively mm. and to have, you know, as you say, the absolute the absolute confidence and earnestness to be all that you are in every stage of your uh, of of your life, you know, as 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 locked to one stage of your of one's life as this story is, you know, mm. Um some of my friends still write fan fiction. I still make an attempt occasionally to uh, to um, I mean, I I have stuff that I want to that I want to go back and finish because it is genuinely fun. You know, it is a wonderful environment to play in. And that's the that's what I that and that's what's beautiful about, you know, fanfiction.net about now uh, archive of our own, which is even more expansive in terms of um, in terms of what's 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 seen on there. Um 
part and parcel of this creative environment, of this environment of uh, criticism and exchange of ideas and of playing in these fictional worlds is recording it, is archiving it and seeing, you know, not only where you were, but where your peers were, where, you know, the the, the million places that uh, that uh, that fandom went, you know, that's and, and that's what I hope we never lose. Um as as you know the world as the world evolves you know as society as society goes through its changes god if imagine if elon musk buys fucking uh archive of our own yeah i mean what we would lose i'm just i i i put in a uh i asked chat gpt to write a paragraph in the style of the fan fiction my immortal and it can't do it it's just says I stumble through the crowded hallways, my hair hanging over my eyes. I am misunderstood and my boots are echoing. And it's just, it's just, it can't do it. It can't, it, 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 it there is something deeply human about this shit. Um, and even that, then, yeah, even then, like the, it's just it, taking from it. Yeah, of course. Well, yeah, but it, but it still looks into like a description of the environment um, that, bloody wrist 666 almost never does mm-hmm. you know is it good no no but you know that's the thing like you won't get this sort of um i mean you can get the occasional like goofy uh, juxtaposition of words by a um by a text generator you know but you're you're not gonna you it's not a window into anybody's soul it's not this is so, so if someone does want to make an AI that is trained entirely on fanfiction.net and nothing else, I would at least be interested to see what it has to say. But not because of the AI, right? But because of what is the conglomeration of these people look like when it spits something out. But at the end of the day, you know, that human earnestness, that 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 human touch, we never fail to disappoint um when it comes to just being strangely surprising disappointing sometimes not always good but certainly surprising yeah absolutely absolutely this 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 probably won't be the last uh fan fiction that we do on this podcast no doubt um we can definitely do one of higher quality at some point if if we chose to um but uh with a texan question yeah yeah joss do you have any other final thoughts because uh i i have only really one one thing to say as our sign off I mean, you know, write what's in your heart, you know, be it a troll fic, be it something earnest, be it, you know, don't be afraid to fuck up. And who knows who it might touch, you know? Yeah, I mean, you know, Kingdom Hearts fan fiction, writing that got me into the, you know, literature uh, writing space. I probably wouldn't be doing this podcast or not for that. Mm. And, you know, ultimately, at the end of the day, I just don't want to hear any flaming on this episode. I don't want to hear any preps speaking about this episode. Um, I we we got to see at least five good reviews, or um, I'm gonna be so sad. I end up going to Saint Manga's Hospital, and um, you know, at the end of the day, MCR rocks. Tune in next week when we read Harry Potter becomes a communist. See everybody. <laughs> <laughs>